Hi, Don Thompson here with another podcast for you today. What I'd like to talk about today is something you might call creative intuition. And there's actually been quite a bit of research done on this within academia and science, believe it or not. The result of the research of some academics has resulted in a better understanding of exactly what creative intuition is. It might seem a little bit, for lack of a better phrase, counterintuitive that one would want to look at creativity or creative intuition in an academic framework. Um, you might say it's, you know, applying the rational mind to the process of creativity to understand it better might seem in a way to destroy, in a way, that creative process by categorizing it and demystifying it and making it something that could be understood by the rational mind. Something that's mysterious, you might say, becomes understandable and, and through the process becomes demystified or, in a sense, um, you know, destroyed in a way. So what I'm proposing with this is that I believe there is a, a dance, you might say, between the rational mind and this creative intuition, which is helpful and necessary, because I do believe that the rational mind is valuable and, and required uh, in the human world. Uh, but the, hum the human world also needs this creative intuition and, and artists and writers and poets and, and all kinds of people tap into this creative intuition. And I have myself tapped into it and found it to be an amazing resource of creativity. And I wanted to step through the, the writing of Teresa Jane Hardman a little bit uh, when she writes about creativity and uh, the creative intuition and how, how she looks at it. I think it's informative to take a look at what Professor Hardman has to say. It helps us to understand creative intuition a little bit better and to shed light on it. And then, you know, once you understand the, the process a little bit better, at least according to uh, Teresa Hardman, if you understand it through her perspective, it can help, I believe, to engender uh, or to evoke creative intuition. And oftentimes creative intuition is, is an inspiration that seems to be uncontrolled. It just happens. I've certainly experienced this where you just get into sort of a creative reverie and you don't really know where it comes from. And so what um, Teresa Hardman is proposing with her ideas is that we can use an understanding, you, a critical framework, you might say, uh, you know, a mode or methodology for understanding creativity that allows us to ideally uh, understand how to tap into it. So let's go through a little bit about what um, Professor Hardman has to say about creative intuition. And she says there are four principal, you know, aspects of creative intuition that come into play. So she, she talks about how creative intuition involves a state of expanded consciousness and that it, it is an open, fluid way of being. Also, it focuses on the particular rather than the general. And it is an act of fusion or identification which occurs through emotion or empathy. Note, uh, this is Don talking, that she uh, jumps into at the end there this idea that there's a relationship between 
creative intuition and empathy and emotion. Uh, empathy is really the basis for compassion. It is, is looking at the the world through the eyes of, of the other, of, of another person, from another perspective. The word intuition has its roots in the Latin, itinuary, which means to look at or toward or to contemplate. And the typical dictionary definition of the words really, you know, reads the act or faculty of knowing without the use of the rational processes. In other words, is an immediate cognition. And there is actually a view within Buddhism, within Zen Buddhism specifically, Professor Harvin gets into this, where the Zen view of creative intuition is that of an experience of enlightenment or heightened sense of direct knowing, which comes about by paying attention to the particular through a way of being called mindfulness. And of course, that's what this podcast is about, is the, you know, the art of mindfulness, artfully mindful. The other thing that she details is how creative intuition involves uh, an act of expanded uh, consciousness. So um, intuition involves a state of consciousness that is not clearly defined because they exist in the realm of the so-called conscious and the so-called unconscious. The intuitive experience creates a connection between the conscious and the unconscious, giving rise to an expanded state of consciousness. So what uh, Teresa Harbin goes on to explain is that intuition involves a state of consciousness that is expanded. And um, these are not clearly defined, but they do exist in the realm of what is known as the conscious and the, and the so-called unconscious. And she goes on to reference Carl Jung, the uh, psychologist Carl Jung, in defining the unconscious mind. And we've talk, talked about this in other podcasts, how the unconscious mind is defined by Jung, and also the collective unconscious is defined by Jung as that which is below, or not necessarily below from a you know value perspective, but it, it, it's something that's underneath or hidden from the conscious. The ego becomes really, you might say, an intermediary between the conscious and the unconscious. It's sort of like the messenger um, between the unconscious and the conscious, or can be. Um, once the unconscious, through the intuitive process, becomes revealed to the ego, it becomes a conscious thing. And Carl Jung's theories about consciousness really provide a lot of insight into the nature of intuition. Um, and, and he says, here I'll quote from Carl Jung, by consciousness, I understand the relationship of psychic contents to the ego, insofar as this relation is perceived by the ego. Relations to the ego that are not perceived as such are unconscious. Consciousness is the function or activity that maintains the relation of psychic contents to the ego. So again, there's this process through which the unconscious becomes conscious. And this is really the, the, the intermediary um, flow uh, of, conscious, of the unconscious to the conscious mind through a process that's called intuition. Now, Jung defines the ego as part of ourselves, with, which gives rise to a sense of a distinctly personal identity. And I've talked about this in other podcasts uh, at length, where, you know, the, the, the world of the relative uh, conscious mind is the world of the ego. And uh, it's a world of identity. It's a world of a sense of I, a sense of self. And this is very important. I mean, this is very important to people. It's what really d distinguishes them from 
other kinds of uh, mammals, uh, the, the unique way that human beings experience the sense of I. Now, Jung's theory of the unconscious gives us insight into the nature of intuition. Really, he, he says that the unconscious is the quality of life that is lived but is not reflectively known. It's an area of unexplored and unappropriated lived experience, which is beyond our understanding until it moves into the consciousness. Now, in Jung's view, the unconscious does not obey the laws of time and space and causality that govern conscious thinking. This is the, the, the nature of the unconscious, according to Carl Jung. Now, because reality cannot really be reduced to fixed concepts, uh, it is, is regarded by people, philosophers, that think about this, as well as in, in Zen Buddhism, as a kind of emptiness through which the impermanent states or processes flow in time. So ideas, processes, mental states, they flow in a continuum through time. And we've described this, you know, when we talk about mindfulness, how uh, time is a continuum. Uh, there is no sense of really there being a, um, a fixed uh, state of the future, or which hasn't yet occurred, or a fixed state of the past. These are all ideas. Really, time is a continuum, and we observe thoughts as they pass through us in this continuum of time. Now, this does not mean that there is a literal nothingness. I'm going back to Professor Hardman here. Um, but rather, this emptiness of sunyata refers to the fact that nothing in itself can exist. In other words, things cannot exist as separate things. They can only exist in relationship to other things. We can reach an expanded state of, state of consciousness that really takes into account this sense of, of emptiness. You, you reach this state of emptiness, this state of intuitive knowing by meditation. That, that's how it's reached, at least in my experience. That's certainly how it's reached. If you want to consciously evoke intuition, that's why you want to practice mindfulness meditation. It's really a way to evoke or tap into this intuitive world, this unconscious mind. And by doing that, you just allow it to be, you allow it to flow through you, you allow it to percolate up, you might say, the from the unconscious mind, this, this intuition. So I would say the best method that I know of is to use meditation as a way to evoke creative intuition. It requires an open, fluid way of being. This is what Dr. Harmon is telling us. Uh, as intuition becomes a way of knowing, you're able to tolerate ambiguity and uncertainty. So part of the process of mindfulness meditation as you go through this meditative process, you can become a little bit less attached the idea that everything has to be uh, known. You can let go of the fear of the unknown and allow, you might say, the unknown to be. And uh, by, by doing this, you're, you're, you're being a little bit less, uh, you might say, fixed in your opinions. You're being a little bit less uh, fixated on uh, reality in that it has to be a certain way or have certain outcomes. That isn't really so important within the world of mindfulness. As we become more mindfully aware, we're not necessarily so attached to outcomes. It's not, it's not to say that we don't have, um, you know, the requirement to attempt to do things in a certain way or to make things happen, so to speak. But once we set 
our intention out on the world, we don't necessarily get so attached to the outcome. So uh, the ego consciousness, uh, according to Dr. Hardman, is a very limited and false sense of self and therefore is an obstacle to the experience of creative intuition as it inhibits and restricts consciousness. It, it, it dampens consciousness, uh, in a sense. It dampens the ability of ourselves to tap into this intuitive sense. So by becoming more fluid, you allow for the creative flow to work through you more readily. And by doing this, um, you know, you become, in all intents, more creative. You become more, you know, you have an increased ability to tap into this intuitive, creative side of yourself. And again, the way to do that is through mindfulness meditation, or a way to do it is through mindfulness meditation. The next thing that Dr. Hardman talks about is that we have this ability to focus on the particular, and that is a way to evoke or see this creative intuition. Now, what does she mean by that? It's a very fascinating idea. Here we say focus on the particular. Now, in, in some of the podcasts I've talked about really the specifics of how to focus on the particular, and really it has to do with moving the mind, moving your attention to something very specific, something very particular. In, in meditation, this is often done through meditating on a candle flame. It's something very specific. It's something very particular. It's something very simple, really. And what you're trying to do by doing this is, is really allow yourself to uh, relax and let go of all of the mental chatter that is defining reality as it takes place in your life. You're focusing on the particular. You're focusing on something specific. It could be a candle flame. It could be the way that the light is coming through the, the windows. It could be the, um, you know, the, the look of a flower in the garden or something like that. And through bringing, you know, your consciousness to the particular, you can let go of the mental chatter, which really blocks you from this intuitive mind, which is what we're trying to get to in this uh, practice. You know, what we're trying to avoid is to get into habitual patterns. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this in other podcasts, habits and how, how to get around them or break them or look at them mindfully. And, and really what you're trying to avoid is to get into habitual ways of writing and drawing and thinking, which ultimately results in cliches and generalizations. You usually end up borrowing from somebody else. You usually end up not being so creative, really. When you borrow from tropes and other mems and other artists that have been successful, you're trying to copy them. That's not really, you know, the way to artistic freedom, in my mind. You know, what you want to do is you want to try to uh, be unique. And you want to be unique by tapping into the creative mind, the creative intuition that is uniquely your uh, creative intuition. It's yours specifically. There's no one else but you that can tap into it quite the way that you do. And therefore, you can have your own unique expression of creative intuition in your life. And that's an amazing thing, you know? And I think that Professor Hardman is, is doing us a favor by going through these categories. And uh, the last uh, thing you know, that I'd like to mention uh, that she does discuss is really how creativity or creative intuition is, the, is an experience of the fusion through emotion. You know, she specifically references the f philosopher 
Martin Buber, who describes the relationship to reality as it evolves into an I-thou relationship in which we truly see and listen to what is around us. And this includes animate as well as inanimate things. We become more awake. We become more awake to our present surroundings, to what's around us. We become more aware. We let go of, again, the mind chatter, and we look at things as they are. And this is an incredibly important thing for both mindfulness and creativity. And through emotional engagement with a particular, as mentioned before, the conceptual ways of looking at life uh, really dissolve, they disintegrate, and we're able to enter into a deeper and more direct relationship with what is around us and experience a state of interconnectedness, non-duality, or, as Professor Harmon says, fusion. This is a beautiful thing, and I really appreciate the fact that she's gone through and, and gone through and developed these categories because it does help to clarify the uh, nature of the intuitive mind. and it, it really helps to clarify what the intuitive mind is like, where it comes from, how, how it evolves, how it grows, how, how it becomes something real to us as individuals, as, as creatives, as artists. So the, the idea behind this podcast, Artfully Mindful, is to you know, find techniques and ways to tap into this creative intuition. And one of those ways, ironically, uh, again, counterintuitively, you might say, is through the rational mind. By really using the rational mind to look at these processes so that we can, you know, like the psychologist does, like the philosophers do, like Professor Hardman is doing in her paper, we can look at reality uh, through the rational mind, and it helps us to evoke these creative moments of intuition rather than just let them happen spontaneously. If they happen spontaneously, that's wonderful. And they will still happen spontaneously, even if you, uh, in quotes, understand them a little bit more through some kind of uh, academic framework or, or philosophical framework. They still will exist, believe me. Uh, as intuitive inspirations that won't, won't go away. It has it with me, and it won't with you, believe me. Uh, just to return a second to uh, how uh, Dr. Hardman sums it up. So she says, an understanding of creative intuition is particularly valuable for educators in the creative arts, writing, music, visual arts, and dance, who may know how to cr be creative in their own right, but may not know how to encourage and coax the freshest and most authentic creativity from their students. So this kind of rational explanation, uh, you might say academic explanation, is really valuable for teachers. So for those of you who are listening on this podcast who are teaching others about creativity, this kind of information that's laid out here is really invaluable. And I encourage you to, to look up the work of uh, Professor Hardman and to take a deeper dive if you'd like to. Uh, and I also encourage you to go through any of the mindfulness practices in this podcast, which will, um, by design, they are really intended to help you to tap into the creative flow, the creative mind. And just simply by being mindful of the present moment, by being open and fluid in your outlook, you can tap into the creative mind, the creative intuition more effectively. So I'll leave it at that. I really appreciate you listening. Um, I'm going to uh, talk about this more. I think this is a fascinating field to take a look at. Uh, of course, that's what the podcast is about. But specifically, you know, taking a look at some of the 
academic writing about mindfulness related to creativity because there has been some recent writing about this area. It's really become something that's, you know, really uh, important to some people in education. And I think that's a good thing because it will help our children to be more creative and more intuitive and to deal with the problems of the world in a creative and intuitive way, which is really important. So uh, thanks again for listening, and I'll look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.